What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Pogo City Radio Live. I am Andrew Bedlam here with my man, $4 Sean. You guys are hearing some new parasitics to be released on the split with one side to take to the streets. The link is in the description to pre-order. Click it now. Finally, something new from the Parasitics right there. That song was recorded a while ago, months and months ago, and uh, it is going to be released. To get permission to actually play it for a very long time, and then at uh, the show last, act like you've been on the show before, (laughs) talk in the mic. (laughs) At the show last week. At the show last weekend, I talked to Paul and. Wow, Sean's batting a thousand. He's pretty stoned tonight. He, that's all he said for the past five minutes. But last weekend, Paul finally said we could play, play the yes, new tracks. We could play the new tracks because we're releasing them on Pogo City Records. It'll be our second hard copy release. The first one was the one-sided sampler with Adderall and uh, Wicket that was hand cut by Freaky Frankenstein. Definitely hit them guys up for some short-run records. They're out of um, Massachusetts or something like that. But Freaky Frankenstein. 
signed uh, vinyl or something like that. But this time we're using United Records, and this is an actual pressed vinyl record. And uh, it's going to be pink, yellow, and clear splattered vinyl. Parasitics on one side, one-sided on the other. You guys just heard one of the tracks. If you go back to last week's episode, we had a lot of fun in our uh, Who Has the Bigger influence on today's scene the uk or the new york episode we played the other new parasitic song in that one yes yeah that was also good but uh you were saying you ran into paul at the show last week but uh before we get there we are tonight's theme we are going to get into a little deep dive in a bit sid vicious now we're going to go over some of the history but everybody knows the history of sid vicious and the sex pistols we're going to talk about it a little but really we want to get into me and sean going to rewrite history a bit and we're going to change the story and instead of Sid dying or possibly going to prison we're going to say none of that ever happened and we want to talk about what would have been had Sid not died in 1979 you know what I mean and uh, we'll get there later first we'll talk some about the sex pistols but we got some other business to attend to first and uh, still everybody pretty upset about Rob uh, who died from Scranton Rob Sanchez on Facebook his real name was uh, Rob Walensky, but uh, yeah, from Scranton, he was setting up the next March 26th show in uh, somewhere right outside of Scranton. It's some weird elephant titus or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Elephanty or some shit, but yeah. it's like a suburb of uh, Scranton. The show's still going on, but now it's a benefit for him, money going to his family. There's also a GoFundMe link floating around Facebook, and uh, it's on our Facebook, not in the description. I couldn't find it, but go grab it, and uh, they really need the help with the funeral arrangements with the show on the 26th all the door money um is going to rob's family and also it looks like we got the order in in time johnny and uh chris i think from do it now designs out of philly printing up just 25 all we could afford right now well 25 of the shirts that rob designed it's the album cover art um the parasitics track that we opened with is on that album it's that artwork the take to the streets album we are going to have 25 shirts at the March 26th shirt show. Now, uh, these shirts have been available for pre-order just along with the album, but they weren't printed yet, and you can still order them with the link in the description. But when you buy the shirt at the um, the memorial show, uh, we're going to donate the profits to Rob's family as well. And uh, this will be after the funeral. The funeral is actually Sunday. And, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much open to the public. We'll, we'll have to bring up the details, but they've been posting all about it. Yeah, bring right up. Here, all right. Actually. Yeah, it's open to the public, so we can talk about it on here. It's Rob's uh, funeral. So Rob's funeral is going to be at... Duffy and Snowden Funeral Home, 1810 Sanderson Ave, Scranton, PA, 18509, Sunday, March 6th, 2022, from 4 to 7 p.m. Yeah, it really sucks. Leaves behind a daughter. And, uh, yeah, trying to raise some money for the family. Like we said, we're releasing a couple of the shirts early that he designed. There might be a little memorial to him on it. I'm not positive about that. There'll be the red shirts with the black ink. And, uh, yeah, when you buy them at that memorial show, donating the profits to his family. Uh, Parasitic's also on the bill. Yes. We were actually hoping that this... 
Aaron's going to be pulling double duty that night. Just like on the 7-inch. We were yep. hoping at one time this could be the record release, but United Records really backed up. We're in the queue. But remember, you can pre-order the album. And if you pre-order the album, you can get a discount on the shirt. But also you'll get uh, some free stickers and pins for pre-ordering. And you'll get the album early because uh, whenever we get the albums, we'll be mailing them out to the pre-order people before they're for sale everywhere. So, uh, yeah, go and pre-order them and uh yeah why don't we get to a track real quick let's let's get to a track i think we got rid of all our business we mentioned rob the album the 26th show and uh, then we'll get to the sid stuff now i brought up uh these guys hit us up on facebook i actually liked them a lot let me see if i can find the track here who they are terroristic threat that came on a little quick All right, now I thought that shit was fucking amazing. It came on a little unexpectedly <laughs> as I opened the window there. It ends like this. But yes, it came on as I opened the window there. That was a video posted to Pogo City Radio's timeline uh, from a different account, but it's someone from the band. They're called Terroristic Threat. Really like them a lot. Terroristic is spelt with a K at the end, not a C. Terroristic Threat. Uh, I, I haven't looked around too much. Like I said, they posted this video on Pogo City's timeline. So even more of a reason for you to go to at Pogo City Radio on Facebook and give it a like and uh, check out that song some more. Try and get some more content from those guys. But uh, yeah, Terroristic Threat. Thanks for hitting like us up, guy. I like that song a lot. They said uh, they, love, song. they love the programming, they love the content, and they said we 
we hope they, we'd like the track. And I was like, fuck, yeah, this is fucking kick-ass, dude. Yeah. Like, dude, you got to talk in your mic. Like, like you I'm know what to, I mean? I'm trying to drink but, right now. Yeah, I know. But, but, yeah, you're on a talking show. Sean is stoned. I've never seen him so far off the mic before. You should have seen in the uh, – wait, is it – I don't even know. I'm stoned, too. I'm eating Renee's chocolates. And if you're watching the video show on Facebook, I'm taking dab after dab. And those chocolates are definitely creepers. But <laughs> – <laughs> but yes, yes, yes. So uh, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about why we're here now. Uh, Sex Pistols, of course, you know, godfathers of British punk. Call them a boy band, if you will. But we were talking about a lot about the look. I understand that. A lot about the UK versus the US. Not a who started it first. We know who started it first. The Ramones, right here. But I mean, it predates that too. But no, let's not go down that route. But but the Sex Pistols definitely doing their own version of it. Definitely making it a little raunchier, a little uh, safety pin filled. You know what I mean? Right. A little bit more outrageous with the clothing, a little bit more political, yeah, that's where more the, disrespectful. That's where the, uh, the aesthetic came from the UK. And a big part of that aesthetic was Sid Vicious. And now, uh, I don't know. I always thought his real name was John Richie Simon. But me and Sean went on Wikipedia and it would say Simon John Richie. And I was like, I don't think his name, I think no. it's John Richie Simon. Yeah. But eh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows internet a, land. We both but, thought it was the other one. I don't but know. Uh, Sid Vicious. His um, he was born in '57. His mother was this woman named Annie, and she was just like a wreck. And she started doing dope. She had a couple, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of different men around Sid, and you know, she may or may not have been turning tricks type deal. It was a rough right. upbringing, and right. his mom was a junkie. So uh, Sid, he wasn't a junkie yet, though, even though his mother was. You know what I mean? And right. he's going to school and everything. He starts hanging out with John Lloyd, and you know, John. Uh, Rotten, Johnny Rotten, Rotten, the singer of the Sex Pistols, all right? And uh, they're all a crew, you know what I mean? He gets the name Sid Vicious, actually. I didn't know this. The reason why, I thought it was for other reasons. John's hamster bites Sid Vicious, and because he got bit, and the hamster's name was Sid after Sid Barrett. What's that? Like a uh, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd, yeah. yeah. So uh, Johnny Rotten has a hamster named after Sid Barrett who bit John Ritchie Simon saw Sid Vicious's hand, thought it was funny, started calling him Sid Vicious because there were four Johns and things were very confusing, I would imagine. Yes. I get mad when there's two Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> four Johns all hanging out. A lot of Jessicas, by the way, there, too. There are. But, there uh, are. That's a... <laughs> Good, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, but uh, back to the pistols. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, so that's where the name Sid Vicious comes from. But Glenn Matlock was the bass player in the band, and you know Stevie Jones had his band with Paul Cook and Glenn Matlock, but then started hanging out with Malcolm McLaren, and Malcolm kind of took it over, started funding it. They started hanging out at Sex. Stevie Jones, a lot of people don't know this, was the original singer. The band was called Cutie. Stevie Jones and his Sex Pistols. Okay, so uh, I read um, I Stevie Jones' biography. This is all news to me. I'm just like sitting here <laughs> like a little kid fucking... 
Picking it up. Yeah. I read Stevie Jones' biography, Lonely Boy. That's where a lot of this is coming from. And uh, it's also coming from random other books I've read throughout time, but a big part of it from Lonely Boy. It's uh, his memoir. Very graphic <laughs> and very sexual. And uh, yeah, so it was cutie Stevie Jones and his Sex Pistols. Malcolm takes over and uh, puts Johnny out front. Johnny couldn't sing, but believe it or not, they actually got him vocal lessons. And really? he had a vocal coach. I don't know, you should know this. It's actually in the great rock and roll swindle. They show his vocal coach and she starts singing submarine uh, submission and she's like I'm on a submarine mission for you baby <laughs> all like an opera singer playing the piano and you could so like it's all properly played like you could so tell it's the song but she actually ends up coaching him and he does get some pretty good lyrics out there if you ask me I mean they were teenagers Johnny Rotten really was writing those songs like he doesn't get a lot of credit for that and right. like they were pretty clever I'm sorry we could say they're cliche now but they definitely weren't then he wasn't 30 he was a teenager not too many people were doing this to before they were going out of their way to be disrespectful. And as Americans, I don't even think we really grasp the content because, like, I don't even really know what the fuck Jubilee is, but I know it's a huge fucking thing there. And it has something to do with the Queen. It's like her fucking anniversary, her birthday. It's kind of like an Independence Day mixed with President's Day. And, you know, it's a constitutional monarchy, but the motherfuckers love the Queen. You know what the fuck I'm saying? It's like Colin Kaepernick kneeling at the flag is like, not liking the queen is like you know what i mean they're like oh <laughs> <laughs> fucking so the sex pistols are literally changing release dates to have god save the queen which fyi i feel like a lot of people don't realize actually is great britain's national anthem so god yes. save the queen is not some title they came up with it would be like if our band came up with a song called uh, the star spangled banner and it was just about how uh, american politics suck and fuck you <laughs> so you know and then they purposely were releasing it on Jubilee and it would be like me and Sean purposely releasing this like go fuck yourself America song on the 4th of July that's that's what they were doing with God Save the Queen yeah. and that's why it was such a controversy and that's why you had stories about people breaking into like DJ's offices and like smashing the place up and cops coming in and beating up record distributors like with the anti-nowhere league and that's also referencing last week's episode why I think punk rock took off a little further in the UK I think when you oppress people it causes more rebellion more of a fight back I that's would, why I totally agree with that yeah, that's why like the pastor's daughter son of a preacher man like you know what I mean like they're the bad one because they've been locked up and then oh go to college and then that's the this isn't a real thing but that's the stereotype you know what I right. mean and then they're a little slut you right. know what I mean but same principle so with the English people the, especially the youth just being so oppressed it just led rebellion caught on harder you know what i mean right and um the sex pistols they it was mclaren who moved glenn matlock who's a good musician 
by the way, Glenn Matlock, you can get Sex Pistols tracks with him playing. I'm looking for I've for seen some him play live. Sex, Sex Pistols vinyl. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Glenn Matlock play live, and um, I've always known he's a great musician. It's funny, anytime he talks now, he always makes sure to mention that he's all for the queen and he loves his country because <laughs> now he's just like some 60-something-year-old British guy. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, I've always loved my queen, always <laughs> loved my country, the times, you know, it was John and Malcolm and yes, I was kicked out because I was a good boy. <laughs> Could you imagine getting kicked out of your band because like, they're like, dude, you can play, but you're like a pussy. <laughs> like, this asshole over here, he doesn't know what a bass is. We're going to strap it on him and he's just going to like beat people up and shit and we're going to sell records. Because let's not forget one of the knocks on the Sex Pistols, but at the same time, totally fucking cool, go fuck yourself. The swindle with the idea is the Sex Pistols, Malcolm's idea, getting the pistols signed to a label. So um, EMI, okay, so these are major labels like Sony and Warner Brothers and Virgin, like labels like of that stature nowadays. And some of those were the actual labels. And they would get them signed to a label like that. And then, you know, Sid Vicious would take a piss out in front of Buckingham Palace or some <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? And they would yeah. do it on purpose because as you've heard in previous episodes when Renee from Blanks talks about contracts and guarantees and getting dropped and da-da-da-da-da. And when you get dropped, you hold on to the money and you don't have to pay it back. So they were purposely creating chaos because it was getting them headlines with the whole all press is good press. So they're getting right. them headlines. Right. And... Um, but they're also getting these this record money. And then it's just creating hype because the album's just not coming out and not coming out and not coming out. And now it's Warner Brothers and now it's EMI and now it's whatever. You know what I mean? Right. And um, it actually ends up with the damned, the Sex Pistols, in a very asshole way. Malcolm kicking the damned off the legendary, highly dysfunctional Anarchy Tour, which was the damned, the Sex Pistols, Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers and the Clash. Could you imagine oh, about shit. being at one of those successful shows, if there were any? <laughs> so it was only supposed to be like, I think they only ended up doing like eight dates. It was supposed to be a whole wide thing, but it all just fell apart. And the Damned ended up releasing the new Rose single. And the Sex Pistols kicked them off the tour because that goes down as the first British-UK punk release. And right. the Sex Pistols were supposed to be the first one. So McLaurin, in typical hissy fit way, kicked the damn off the tour for right. releasing the record while he was doing his swindle, collecting his money. So right. Sid Vicious, right? There's a show at the 100 Club, and um, he is seeing the Sex Pistols for the first time. Now, uh, there's this other dude, and I guess he was a writer. I've seen this portrayed in movies. I think he was a writer for NME Magazine, which NME, you know, it's supposed to sound like NME. It's like a British music magazine. It's always referenced when you look at old punk things. And um, he was a writer for them, and I guess he was talking some shit on the Sex Pistols. Sid Vicious, and this is told from, um, what's her name, uh, from The Pretenders, uh, Christy Hines. This is told from Christy Hines' perspective. 
it was her ex-boyfriend, this dude who was with the Sex Pistols, a writer for Enemy, is in this 100 Club with Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious sees him. He knows he's been talking shit, and it's Christie's ex-boyfriend. He pulls this chain and hits fucking dude from NME with the chain, all right? And Chrissy says he always carried it around. That got him more on Malcolm's radar, and he started, actually, it took a lot, they were there for a couple years hanging out at the sex club that Malcolm and Vivian ran on King's Road in Chelsea that we were talking about in the other episode, and then that's when he decided to make the move and be like, you know, I kind of feel like uh, Matlock's a bitch, and Vicious has got a lock around his neck and he's hitting people with a chain. I think I want that. So then, boom, he kicks out fucking Glenn and replaces him with someone who doesn't even know how to play. Now, Sid was in and out of bands trying to be, I can compare him to some people we would know, but I won't. <laughs> he um, is, is trying to start some bands. You, you, you come across this thing called like Flowers of Romance, and it was going to have like Billy Idol on vocals and like someone from The Clash, but like they're always like talking about the band and it never, it never happens. Sid was also going to try out for The Damned instead of, um, what's his name? Uh, Renee would smack me. Uh, what's his name? Davey... Um, not sensible. The other guy. Oh Jesus! Hi, look up, hi. look up the dude from the dam's name, Davy or David. Look up his fucking name. Davian. Yes. Okay. So he was gonna try out, but uh, Sid Vicious blows off the audition, and he probably wouldn't have done well anyway. And uh, but then finally lands in the Sex Pistols. He's actually. Not on any recordings. He's credited on the Bullocks album, but as the bass player, which is their only full-length album. But it's actually Stevie Jones, the guitar player, playing bass overdubbed because Sid Vicious was in the hospital with hepatitis that he apparently caught with Nancy sharing them needles. I wonder how that happened. Which, you know, takes the story to its tragic ending. And this is where we're going to start to rewrite things. But first, we'll tell the story as its uh, true form. And then we'll play a song. And then we're going to come back with how me and Sean are going to rewrite Sid Vicious's history. Okay. So, you know, Sid gets strung out on dope. You know, sex pistols break up. Nancy starts taking over. Sidney! Acting like his manager, being a bitch. You know right. And uh, they play the first ever Holidays in the Sun, and it is their last show. The band implodes on stage, okay? Sid ends up in the hospital again, according to the Sid and Nancy movie with, um, uh, who, who is the actor? Uh, uh, Gary Oldman. I was going to say Gary Busey. Yeah, Gary Oldman. Gary Busey. He, he like walks through that. Could you imagine? <laughs> Think of Gary Busey portraying yeah. Sid Vicious in Sid and Nancy. That would be <laughs> fucking great. I'd love to guy. see that. I would love that. I think he could do it, man. He's got that snarl lit like Billy Idol and shit. I totally want like a nowadays I Gary Busey. It, oh my God, what if Sid Vicious would grown up to be like Gary Busey he probably would have <laughs> that would be awesome but anyway that is not what happened <laughs> so uh Sid and Nancy end up in New York and Nancy's got some connects she's a groupie a junkie she gets around you know what I mean she knows right. the dolls that's how she ends up in the UK in the first place Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers all the books are like no one in the punk scene in the UK knew what heroin was until they met Johnny and fucking Nancy. Yeah. 
<laughs> so he comes back. They're at the Chelsea Hotel. You know what I mean? They buy the knife. They make their pact. Nobody really knows what happened, but according to the Sid and Nancy movie... He pulls out the knife one night while they're all sick. And he goes, you want to fucking die? And the way the movie portrays it, Nancy runs into the knife. Okay, but there is some evidence of this because she did just go back to bed. And it's she probably would have lived if they would have taken her to the hospital. But she gets stabbed. She falls over. He helps her. And they go. And she dies in the bed just sleeping there. And now, also according to the movie, it cuts to the the dealer walking in, going to drop something off to Sid, and he's like, holy fucking shit, she's bad. And Sid's there all strung out. Next thing you know, Sid's in county. All right, now this is where the story gets murky. He's not even in there for all long. But sad to say, especially back then, this shit happened a lot. I don't understand how it happens in county because you ain't been there all that long. But apparently he's like raped in prison. Like he's like molested. He's fucked up. Real, real bad stay. Begging his mom, you got to get me out of here. You know what I mean? Right. So they, they bail sit out. All right. Now, up until recently, uh, you know, I don't know why this came out, but uh, it, Jerry only, all the gossip and the rumors says that Jerry only was with Sid Vicious the day he died. And I didn't know this up until recently. Apparently, the Misfits and Sid Vicious pretty close. And I've also found that weird because I feel like the Misfits are like super famous and they're one of those bands like nobody there's not you don't know much about the history and personal life of the misfits like tell me something about doyle tell me doyle's real name like do you know what i mean like i yeah that's i do so it's uh, it's and so the fact that they're tied to the sid vicious story i see that playing in there even more and i said I remember saying to Sean, I was briefing him about this episode a couple minutes ago, and I said, for obvious reasons, you know, nobody ever said they were there. And he was like, what obvious reasons? And I'm like, well, think about it, dude. This is a room where some teenager who is wanted for murder died, and no one knows what happened. Well, not, no, I mean, he died of an overdose, but, like, the details are unclear. Like, you wouldn't be trying to say I was in that room either. You know what I mean? But it's come out that Jerry only was in the room, and according to everyone, Sid Vicious overdoses from a shot, and he couldn't shoot himself up in his mother. Annie, as I told you, had been a junkie from 63, hard upbringing for Sid, but he's not doing dope until he meets Nancy, but ends up doing dope. His mom is shooting him up. He overdoses, but doesn't die. Okay? okay. Now, when this happens, they think he's dead. This is there's a party going on. This is when everybody allegedly panics or runs out the room. Okay, and it's then believed, and this comes out of this Jerry only story that surfaced a couple years ago and is all over the internet, that Sid Vicious's mom set him up a sec- shot him up a second time while he was already overdosed to murder him because everybody knew he was going to prison. He was either going to get life or 20 years or whatever, but the motherfucker was only in there for like a month and he was getting punked and molested left and right. Right. So people is now being portrayed that Sid Vicious's mother purposely overdosed him as like a mercy killing. And that is the sad conclusion of Sid Vicious's story. I didn't never. I have never heard that. Before. Oh yeah, dude. No, I've been in some punk rock holes and read some deep books and seen all the movies and <laughs> been on all the websites. And, <laughs> and, 
but obviously. Uh, yes, but uh, I mean, I I knew the fact that he you know OD'd and that's how he died, and then he died in '79 and all that shit. But all that shit you just told me. Holy shit, I didn't know. And that's why that you much. listen to Pogo City Radio. And the fun part is, that's not even why we're here. We're here to now rewrite the story. And we're going to go back to that Chelsea Hotel. And we're going to take off after we get to this next song. Now, to catch you guys up, we opened up with the Parasitics. It was a new track. Ah, not this. Hold on. That's the Chicago Music Exchange. But we opened up with the Parasitics being featured on the Take the Streets 7-inch coming out on Splattered Vinyl. You guys can pre-order it now. There is a link in the description of this podcast and of this live show. Cognito Forms, go there. Put your info in. You can get a discount, the shirt on a discount. You'll get the album before everyone else does. We just played the song earlier in the show. Then we uh, played you guys something from our friends in Terroristic Threat. Terroristic spelt with a K at the end. Threat, go check them out. They were pretty fucking badass. Now what we're going to do, if I can find the app, we're going to jump over to Bandcamp. Now uh, these guys hit me up a while ago. They are actually called Damn It Records, but they're uh, spelled D A. Uh, how they, they spelled it weird. I know it's D-A-M-M-I-T, but they spelled records funny, too. I th- or no, no, no. It's just damn it records. But, uh, yeah, that is their um, – that is – well, it's, it's a weird page. There's lots of albums on it. So okay. there's like other things, like different bands and spellings. But, uh, yeah, damn it records on Bandcamp. And uh, one of the bands I have here is The Cribs. Now, uh, I believe this is one of their newer EPs. I was being emailed about their newer EPs. I don't know if this one's the new one, but this is the one we're fucking playing. So uh, we are going to get to The Cribs. Kind of a uh, very old school British oi thing, if you will. Okay. Like real classic British. And uh, we are going to get to The Cribs. This comes off the CD EP. It's called 78 RPMs. It is a CD disguised as a record. It's all made up like a record to look like Interesting. a record. That's pretty called cool. Called 78 like RPMs. That. Damn it, record, records. The Cribs. Here is Right Said Fred. Pogo City. Fred spoke to us together One each and just said he had to go Tried to shift it, couldn't even lift it We was getting nowhere And so we had to come see Right to Fred, give a shout Charlie Up come Charlie from the floor below After training, even that complaining We was getting nowhere And so we had to come see Charlie and think they thought we all Take our phone, we had to Took his feet off, even took a seat off Should've got us somewhere, but no My friend said, then said, we're gonna come to you And we said, right-oh Right, said Fred, have to take a door off That more space shit some so Had bad twinges, taking off the hinges And it got us nowhere, and so we had a cup of tea and right there, friend I'd take the wall down this damn wall It's got the bloody go Took the wall down, even with it all down We was getting nowhere And so we had a cup of tea 
climbing up the ladder with his crowbar, going to Marty Blow. Was he in trouble? Up down the rubble, landed on the top of his dome. From Charlie and me, I'd never come to see, and then we went home. I said a child will just have to leave him, stand on the landing, that's all. See, the trouble with Fred is too hasty. You never get nowhere if you're too hasty. All right, that was The Cribs coming off Damn It Records out of the UK. That track was Right Said Fred coming off the 78 RPM, 78 RPM fucking CD, 78 RPG CD. Ah, motherfucker, I just burned my fucking arm. I just burned my fucking arm. I just hit the fucking dab ring. There's motherfuckers that don't know what this is, and they're like, is he smoking crack? Is he, he can't just be smoking crack on there, is he? Yup, it's crack. <laughs> Andrew Bedlam is smoking crack on Pogo. I remember, I remember I had these dabs, right? So this is marijuana. It's, it's concentrated THC, all right? Think of it like vanilla extract. It's THC extract. Oh, we got a bunch of comments we'll have to check out. But uh, I, I had this like really crystal shit. They call it diamond. If you're potheads, you've seen it. It looks like diamond. I also neglected to realize it looks like meth. <laughs> I fucking had a gram of it, and I took a shot of it, and I, I took a picture, and I sent it to Jason from Hostel City, and I was like, yo, check this shit out. He was like, oh, my God, dude, I am not cool with meth. Don't send me pictures of meth. I was just dying. I said, dude, oh, my God, it's not meth. Do you think I'm doing meth? I was like, no, Jason, I'm not doing meth and sending yeah, you pictures funny. of it. But uh, I got some really good weed. <laughs> like, why don't you come over here and Smoke it. Reefers. But uh, yeah, so uh, you know, let's, let's, uh, Sean, while funny. you tell your story, I'll check out these comments. But to set you guys up, we were talking about the sad demise of Sid, Sid Vicious. Vicious. Yes. So now we're going to go back to the Chelsea Hotel. Nancy doesn't run at that knife. Instead, she goes, You know what, Sid? You don't treat me right. I'm leaving you. And she walks out, never to be heard from again. Sid doesn't stab her. So therefore, he doesn't go to prison. Now, we leave Sid there. You take over. What, what, what? So Sid, then, he doesn't die. You had some questions, but let's think it out. So he doesn't die. He had been playing music. What, what are you thinking is happening with Sid? I think he uh, continues to play with the Sex Pistols. I think he continues to just be who he is. So the Sex Pistols reunite. The Sex Pistols reunite. And if he was, like, still alive today, the question I have is, like, how how long would he have been friends with Johnny Rotten for? Yeah, because they were boyhood friends, and they do seem to be assholes. Yeah. And you know how Johnny Rotten is out there, and he's saying things like, uh, the uh, conservatives are the new punks and shit like that? Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Uh, but no, it's a good would, point. Would Sid Vicious be still be in contact or like? Would he also be conservative? Would he, would he also be the conservative that Johnny Rotten is now? Or would he be a hippie? 
<laughs> what do you think? So let's think about this. Let's think about so what so uh, Johnny Rotten's stance seems to be this whole counterculture thing, like punk. And I don't, I'm not big on this opinion, but like punk is the opposite. So like if you go left, I have to go right. And I didn't even mean that in a political context, but that right there, Johnny Rotten seems to be saying that 99% of punk rock people are liberal, therefore that is the majority, that is the masses. Punk is supposed to be the opposite in counterculture, so he's saying it's more punk rock to be right-wing. Wing. Okay, right. And then That's he gets exactly involved in American thinks. politics and blows fucking Trump, Trump. and yeah, all the punk exactly. rockers get mad. But at the same time, that's kind of just been his image the whole time. We were talking about them releasing God Save the Queen on Jubilee. And, you know, times have changed. The way you piss off the punk rock people is by respecting the president. Yes. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Well, I guess yeah. that is what it was back then. Yeah. But as well. But, uh, yeah, so he pisses everybody off with this whole counterculture thing. And Sean is saying, would Sid... So, basically, let's think about this. So, Paul Cook, Stevie Jones, they go to Brazil. And they do their little thing. They're thinking about still doing their music. Stevie Jones ends up being a DJ. We're going to say, so you're saying they kept on being a band. So the Sex Pistols, Continue. you're saying, put out a lot of albums. I think, they yeah. Were, they, they put out then a lot Sid, of albums. Like Sid, the Ramones. The Sid, Sid probably has like a uh, successful uh, solo career. I still think he's continuing to do... I mean, he's gonna keep. He's still gonna be doing dope. He's gonna be really fucking. Uh, I mean, he's gonna be upset that Nancy left him. So, <laughs> but we're years down the road. But okay, all right. So now my story. I like, but we have to come to a conclusion. I feel like I like. So before we get to my story, we have to figure out. So what are you going with? Would Sid follow in Johnny's footsteps? And be like, yeah, man, you're right. Fuck them liberal snowflake douchebags. Or would he be something opposite of that? What do you think? What is your answer? I think he would eventually. Uh, I don't know, man. Crickets. Crickets. Cr crickets, yeah. Pick one. <laughs> like you're sitting there drinking. Like, goddamn, dude. <laughs> Like, holy shit. Sean's like, I'm stoned. Renee says she ate half a chocolate. I think Sean ate half a dozen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got uh, Matthew hanging out in the comments. What's up, man? He said uh, he wants the hoodie, the shirt, and the vinyl. Anyway, get the hoodie, shirt, and the vinyl. Thanks, man. I hope you sure do. But, uh, yeah, that um, she's talking about the uh, new one-sided Take the Streets release with the Parasitics. And uh, he's, he's heard a bunch of the Sex Pistol stories. But, uh, yeah, so you're going what? Conservative? I mean, I feel like he was wearing... Well, here's, the, here's my thing. Um, I, I think with, when Sid uh, gets broken up with, that affects him in a negative way, so he's going to be fucking depressed and shit. And... I don't know. And an asshole, so a conservative. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> a little indecisive there. 
<laughs> I thought it was such a good thing. I talked to you like yesterday and you were like, no, dude, you know what I'm thinking? Like, would he be conservative like Johnny Rotten? I was like, oh, dude, that didn't even cross my mind. Cool. Go with it. You come back a day later. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my story. Sid and Nancy walks out, all right, and God bless her, cleans herself up, you know what I mean? Never to be seen again. Now, Nancy was managing, she, she got him the three shows in New York, and, uh, you know, I think only two of them happened, one semi-successful, one a complete train wreck, the third he died before it happened, and, um... The uh, I had a recording of the one that went semi-successful. Real cool, in my opinion. A lot of people don't realize Johnny Thunders and uh, most of the dolls were actually... Was it the Heartbreakers or the dolls? I don't know. A mix of the New York scene, but Thunders and um, I believe it was Arthur Kane were uh, backing him up. And uh, they were doing all those 60s covers, like um, some of my favorites, like Come On Everybody and uh, Something Else... And, of course, Frank Sinatra's My Way. And I'm going to go down the road with Sid. Wouldn't have rejoined the Sex Pistols, but he'd have stayed in New York. And uh, Johnny doesn't even die till the 90s. So I'm going to say he just sticks with this whole everyone I know is named John thing. Parts ways with Lloyden. And uh, Aaron is blowing me up, and I'm texting him that I'm on Pogo. I feel like I have to answer this. But I'm going to say that he parts ways with Lloyd and starts going with Thunders, and they continue this career because Thunders was really doing the same thing, too, trying to bring back, like, these 60s girl pop songs. I fucking love them. Like, um, like uh, what color were her eyes? Is she tall? Uh, what's up? Here comes my girl. Uh, it's, I don't know, oh, man. Oh, you suck. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. Walks, uh, when I see her in the street, my heart takes a jump and I skip a beat and I walk right up to her. Give her a great big kiss. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. And that's what we're going to play next. But I'm going to say they continue in that vein. And uh, Johnny... I'm sorry. He would have had a better career if Walter sang more. I fucking love Johnny Thunders. Not a great singer. Walter could sing pretty good. But we're going to say that Johnny lets Sid sing. And Johnny keeps these 60s riffs going. They do these covers. But then they come out with their own stuff. And basically, I'm going with uh, Sid Vicious basically... Almost not joining the Heartbreakers, but Johnny did a lot of bands after the Heartbreakers, and I'm putting Sid Vicious as the front man of one of Johnny's bands, and I'm gonna say they were, uh, you know, kind of successful, Ramones-esque successful, you know, same same trajectory as the Ramones, you know, the Max's Kansas City and the CBGBs, but also hitting the giant festivals in Europe and Asia, and then coming back and playing the clubs like the Ramones had to. I could really see them maybe obtaining the same amount of success as the Ramones, and that's how I would rewrite the fucking uh, Sid Vicious story. Now, we are going to get to Johnny... 
Thunders with Great Big Kiss. And I'm going to call Aaron because he has me worried. He was the one who gave me the bad news about Rob first, actually. And uh, Aaron, I'm talking about the guitarist from One Sided. And he, I don't know why he is blowing me up. He knows I'm on the show. So here is Johnny Thunders with Great Big Kiss. Hopefully no when one I else say does. I'm in love, you best believe I'm in love, LGB. Oh. 
Oh my god, I think I have PTSD. Fucking crazy. Especially after that shit with the wheelchair. So by the way, nothing is burning down. Aaron was blowing me up because he thought, which I semi am, accidentally on the band page. And he was like, dude, you're not on the Pogo Cage. You're, you're broadcasting from the band page. Yeah. But I, I'm broadcasting from all of them because it, it must have checked all the boxes or something. This thing. Even Sean, yo, every time you go live, it's a different screen, right? Like yes. damn near every week. Not Maybe not literally. But a couple times a month, Facebook changes, and to go live, it's a whole different it's a fucking process, thing. Process, yeah. Yeah, and apparently I'm live on, on multiple places, and I would like to do that with the Pogo page and my personal page and your page, but apparently it's on the stabs and one-sided page. But hopefully we got some viewers there, too. What's up, people? But, uh, <laughs> yes, Aaron was like, dude, dude, you fucking <laughs> up. But, yes, thank you. At least he's listening. And he's drunk with Larry right now, so there you go. He sent us some pictures. They, yeah. Sending us some pictures. Sending us some pictures. Speaking of pictures, now uh, we were talking about that bullshit with the wheelchairs, but the thing that's funny is, and this has been, the only reason why I mention it is because it's been said to me several times now. Dude, we've been talking about that Pam and Tommy show on here like crazy. <laughs> I haven't watched it. Yeah, and then that shit happened with our cell phone. Like, on a much smaller scale. <laughs> But we've been talking about the Pam and Tommy story and how, you know, this new series is on Hulu. And I'm right. sorry, I love it. It's a great series. I really feel like part of the story is some bullshit, and I feel like they're getting a lot of the information. Just my hypothesis, getting right. a lot of information from the one construction worker because he's the asshole who steals the tape. And uh, he ends up, oh, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but he's the asshole who steals the tape. And they try and they paint him as an asshole, but they also really try and paint him as a victim. And one of the main reasons is he does it because they say that Tommy owes him 27 grand and Tommy tells him to go fuck himself, puts a gun to his head. But here's the thing, and I've said this before. I have an issue with that. I've been on plenty of scumbag carpentry crews. I, 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 I know how these things work. Do you know what I mean? I've been with crews that are like legit people that know what they're doing. And you're like <laughs> on the books and people are trained and went to school. And yeah. I've been to crews where we're all going to die. And we have illegals doing the grunt work. And you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. who's shooting up over there? and chilling. So I've been on both sides of the spectrum. And never does anyone who is a businessman get in the situation that this guy was in. Never would any, who would, uh, he fronts, you would either have that person's credit card or some type of deposit, or you would have stopped working long before you were 27 grand owed. You know what I mean? Like, right. I've been ripped off by people before. We've had people stiff us, but what it was, when we got stiff the first time, the work stopped then. So worst case scenario, you're stiffed out of a week. How the fuck do you end up doing, and the way this movie portrays it, or the, 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 the Hulu series, which is phenomenal, by the way, the way it portrays it is that Tommy's changing everything is every five minutes, like major structural changes, like a complete new thing, tear it down, put in a new one. 
I've worked for people like that, and that's when we go, okay, another five grand. Oh, sign here. Okay, credit card. Good. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the card we already have. Or, oh, you're going to give me five grand? Or, oh, you are going to give me half? Like, that is never how it works. And I'm sorry. In order for Tommy fucking Lee to contract you for a job this big, I would have to imagine that you were somewhat of a successful businessman to be able to maintain this long of a business relationship to commission a job this big and have a crew to do it and the tools and the semi know-how like because they weren't doing like a bad job you know what i mean tommy just gets mad and crazy and tells him to fuck himself i'm not paying you and blah blah so i just find it hard to believe because they do that and they really try and paint the guy who steals the tape as a victim a little bit they show it in like two lights and i just i feel like they're getting the info. Like, I feel like he's the one telling the story at these points. Like, to the writer who is then portraying it in the Hulu series. To right. the actor. You know what I mean? And it's just like, because I don't, I really don't, I really think, even if Tommy was a complete dick, held a gun to his head, was an asshole, stiffed him out of some money, whatever, even if that's all true, I just can't believe that anyone would let what that show depicts go down over the course of time. It wasn't like t- Tommy came and stole 27 grand from him this is going on for a long period of time you would have stopped working long before that right you know what i mean especially when this asshole saying he's paying for it on his own credit cards like the construction worker is like nah dude you gotta be some kind of stupid and i'm sorry he was too i just i don't believe it that he it's, I'm just sorry. I've, I've worked on too many constructions crews and business is business. I'm sorry. And I don't care if you're like one of these like scumbag crackhead car dealerships around the block from my house where all the cars are spray painted black and all the like Mazda letters and shit are pried off. It's like, oh, yeah, this car isn't stolen. <laughs> it's like, but even that motherfucker, when he wants to finance me a car, is having me pay interest, put money down up front. Like even that scumbag. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no one does business like that. Like, I just, it's just hard for me to believe. But anyway, I've been told a couple of times that people have, we're making light of the situation, but um, saying, like, oh my God, like that tape got stolen. You guys been talking about Pam and Tommy. They sent those pictures of you guys all around, like Pam and Tommy. And I'm like, oh my God. That we have been obsessed with that show and talking about it, and like quite and now, a few people have then, made that comment I mean, of like, yeah. about that show, yeah. guys. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, Andrew and Sean hanging out on uh, Pogo City Radio. It was like, oh my god, you played the song. Which one? Because they all heard it was strict orders to not play the songs. <laughs> but I was like, guys, what the fuck? This is the stupidest thing I've ever fucking heard. We gotta listen, play the I songs. T- listen, you I played t- the songs to sell the records. And then Paul came up and oh. everybody was like, no, Paul said no. Paul said no. And Sean was like, Paul said play the fucking songs. <laughs> I was like, we're playing the fucking songs. <laughs> and he was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I talked to Paul. Paul said play him. Turns out Sean's lying. There's a whole huge problem now. Nope. Sean, you're a liar. Nope. Paul Pardon said, my French, but you're an asshole. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? But, uh, yeah, so we did already play the Parasitics. Opened up 
the show with uh, do you trust them or is it something about trusting the government because I don't know it was titled to me as one thing but then as I'm putting in the paperwork months ago I'm getting these emergency text messages no 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 that's not the title we have to change it that's not the title so I don't know if it was do you trust the government or do you trust them but uh, yeah it's one I of the things do you trust the government yeah but it's titled and what they sent me as do you trust them exactly okay. I believe the song is actually going to be called do you trust the government or your government and uh, that track is actually a song that they wrote a long time ago and like dropped it was it wasn't in the set list they didn't record it it's not like on the old demos right. but they decided to resurrect it and then uh, in last week's episode we played the other new track do you remember what that one's called uh, no but I remember oh shit I didn't no, download it I'm not gonna play it called it was good though because last week when I tried to play a song that I didn't have downloaded it stopped right at the solo so actually why don't we get to that song and this time I do have it downloaded so it won't stop and uh, this is on the other side of that take the streets seven inch we have been telling you about the link is in the description of the podcast gonna be a limited run seven inch probably 500 pink yellow clear splattered vinyl parasitics on one side Fucking, I'm forgetting my own band's name, one-sided on the other. How about that? I couldn't think of one-sided's name. But, uh, yeah, we are going to get to some one-sided. Here is one of the tracks off the new 7-inch. Please order it now with the Cognito forms. Here's one-sided credit whore actually playing a bass six on that track. You ain't going to hear that on too many songs. <laughs>
All right, new from one side at Credit Whore. You can get that track on our upcoming split 7-inch with Jersey Punks, The Parasitics. It is called Take to the Streets. It is on Pogo City Records. And, uh, yeah, there's a description. The, uh, I, got, I got something to show. Oh, talk in the mic. I got something to show. Show him. Show him. Where is it? It's you got the pen or something? Yeah, the pen. If you don't, I think it's on Sheena's guitar. It's right here. It's right here. Probably right. can't so that, we're getting. You're not talking in the mic. He usually talks in the mic. <laughs> I got the uh, the pin for the uh, the artwork that Rob did. Yeah, that one. Yeah, the audio listeners are loving this. They are inch and a half pins or inch and a quarter, whatever the standard size is. Not the real small ones, but the the size up. They're pretty good quality ones with the fancy backs and stuff. Now I only have 48 of them because uh, one is on my daughter's guitar strap, Sheena. One is on uh, Sean's vest. But they were being saved to be put because I was buying merch a little at a time. Like I said, you go pre-order that album, we'll give you some stickers and pins, which you do the pre-order. But uh, these pins were supposed to be for that, but um, everybody wants the stuff because it's Rob's memorial and he did the artwork for it. So uh, we decided that we are going to um, sell off the stickers and pins that I have. I think I'm waiting. Hopefully they'll be here in time. I have a second set of 50 stickers in the mail and I have 50 here. And well, 49, and then I have 48 pins, so we'll be selling those on the March 2nd show. And remember, if you buy the shirt with Rob's artwork, we're taking um, 50% and giving it to Rob's family as a donation. And um, I believe all the bands, I know, I'll speak just for my band, I know my band is giving our door cut entirely to Rob's family. And now, uh, for the merch, we got to cover overhead and everything, obviously. But we're giving, um, you know, them... The door money, so please come out March 26th. It is the Parasitics, one sided, Christ Chopper. Um, I feel like wife somebody else. Swamp. Wife Swap. And, swamp. Uh, oh, is it Swamp? Like it's Swamp Thing? Swamp. Oh, yeah. awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So pretty good names. Wife Swamp and Christ Chopper. Those are, some, those are two pretty good names. I like them. One sided, not, though. Not a good name. I was waiting for you to say it. I remember, yo, right? I wasn't going to say so, it first. It's kind of like the track I'm in love with my car by Queen, at least in the Queen movie. Like, everybody's always fighting over, like, who's going to say what wrote what one track, and then they finally get on the right page. The only page of everyone wrote all the tracks. We're a band. That's how it works. Right. They finally get on that page, but they're always like, oh, nah, but whoever, I'm lo I'm in love with my car. Yeah, you you get the credit for that one. You That's that one. <laughs> written by you that one's not written by queen and it's like this reoccurring joke throughout the whole movie that they're all fighting over the royalties except for i'm in love with my car because none of the other band members want to be associated with the song <laughs> so uh yeah That's it was funny. funny i remember jess was mad at quinn and in the background she's like and the name one side it fucking sucks <laughs> oh my god it was great <laughs> i was rolling on the ground i was rolling on the ground I was rolling. See, you, you win some, you lose some. Quinn really wanted it to be named one side. It. <laughs> and when it was around time for naming, I'm the only member left from when that was happening, me and Quinn. And I was like, I, yeah, we're, we're one sided. You made an email address. Great. Yep. Okay. One sided <laughs> it is. But yes, the music better than the title. 
Change that's that. What it is. Change that it's, name, man. We we. Change. Oh, you can't do that. No rebranding. <laughs> Fuck that. It's like you set the bar real low with the name, and then blow them away with the sound. That's the. That's how. You, that's how you set it up. But if you guys are watching the video, the audio listeners are like, they're sitting there quiet, showing pins. What the fuck are they talking about? I got my base six back here. Now, um, that there, I, I made a post today, and I was looking. I, I saw these new uh, GNLs, these American-made jazz basses. Now, I'm going to go on a little gear dive here. Now, I'm a huge fan of Leo Fender, and I, I'm a huge fan of Audible. Not a sponsor, but I've been listening to Norm's rare guitar, his memoirs it's um conf like confessionals of a vintage guitar dealer norm harris's memoirs i believe that's the technical title and uh but i i i've loved leo fender i since COVID, like i really fell in love with leo fender like the man oh yeah baby <laughs> but um <laughs> and like it's really I would Good love to be I would love to be someone who could collect vintage instruments maybe one day I'll be lucky and be able to do that but I'm not able to do that right now so instead what I like to do like especially like with the pedals for example like a big muff that came out in like 1973 or whatever like that thing would be worth like thousands of dollars and everybody that's what everybody's looking for but I can't afford that so I just want a big muff so I go and I buy a big muff and I want a rat and a tube screamer and a phase 90. And Every even time you though, say muff? Yeah, muff. That's what I think. I think it's something Of course, else. that's the New York City one. You know what I mean? Muff. That's from New York City, of course. But, uh, but like, I just want, like, even if it's the reissue, it's like, well, I just want one of everything. If I can get the reissue for 100, 200 bucks, well, the reissues are like 100. It's like, I, I just want one of everything. And it's the same thing kind of with, like, this base six here. But even these, even though this is a squire and it's like a recreation, even these recreations are extremely rare. Now, what the base six is, it was like Leo Fender's third base invention. So go back a little bit further. Leo Fender invented the electric bass he invented the precision bass he was the first person to put frets on a bass he was the first person to shrink a bass turn it sideways and play it like a spanish guitar and because uh, that's where the solid body guitar comes the design comes from the spanish guitar and um fucking fender Notice they used to call it the doghouse, and um, you know you couldn't hear the bass. And he stood so far away, and so many bands they couldn't even travel. The bass player couldn't even fit with the rest of the band because they'd be driving in cars with their gear, and he would need a separate vehicle just to fit the the bass. So he was like always That's excluded crazy. from the band. Right. And not many people could play the bass. It was hard because you just got to know where to put your fingers because there's no frets. For no frets on it. Right. So guitar players were out of work. Leo. Did not play music at all. He knew nothing about playing music. He was an inventor. He liked to fix problems. He knew how to listen to people, and he would. He wanted to find. He wanted to find a problem, so he could figure it out. So he would just put guitars in musicians' hands and say, "Tell me what you think of this," and they'd tell him what they thought, and he'd try and fix the problems. And you know what I mean. So he came up with the idea that. Nobody could play bass if these guitar players who were trying to make a living off being a musician could double as a bass player. They could make twice as much money. He could have a new product, sell twice as many instruments. And he 
comes up with the idea of I'm going to put frets on it and that'll identify where the, where notes, the notes are, are. which yeah. is why the bass is now so simple when it used to be insanely hard. And this also allowed all the guitar players to just grab one and now be able to figure out how to play with relative ease. And it was called the precision bass because the note were precise where they were placed was precise because of the fret markers so he invents the precision bass and then he tries to come out with the precision bass deluxe which is the jazz bass my orange bass my standard bass my favorite basses then after that he comes out with this monstrosity a fender bass six it is a piece of history i played it on the track you guys just heard it was real difficult like um i'm glad i have this thing so many people ask me if they should buy one if you do not own a bass you should not buy this this is not a regular bass this thing is hard as fuck to play it's fun it's not all that useful it's it's something new it's something different it's a completely different field it's inspirational it's cool it's oddball but it is not a regular bass and if you're looking for a regular bass it's probably not what you're looking for. Maybe if you're some shreddy guitar player, but still, you're just not going to play it right then. But it, it is the idea of a hybrid bass and guitar. So they're putting them together, and what that is is basically a Fender Jaguar body. It even has a tremolo system, a whammy bar, a vibrato. It has a lever on a bass that makes the strings go wah, wah, and do dive bombs at Van Halen style. No other basses have this. It's, it's just hilarious. I, I mess around with it, but it's, it's so not useful. <laughs> and like it does not stay in. They only made these original ones for like seven or eight years throughout the 60s. Um, Joe Perry from Aerosmith actually plays one in Back in the Saddle again. And The Cure used one regularly. I have also found out that Dan Electro, which is like a damn near a toy company. Think of it as like first act of nowadays, the company. Um, they were like a Sears Roebuck company, department store, and you could buy guitars. Harmony was like that. I have a Harmony guitar back there. They're, they've now came back out, but I have an original Harmony. And um, they were like, um, like, a, like a cheap beginner entry level and they came out with a six string bass like this leo came out with the p bass first but then after that they came out with something like this before he did this and this was like his take on it it was a more professional version of it but they were not very successful and if you find a surf green one they are insanely rare norm's rare guitars claims what he is, has the only one what is surf green a light pale green it's a common fender old school color the okay, co i'm the, trying the to picture what it would look like I'll show it to you, like a mint green, soft mint okay. green. And um, some of the famous old school Fenders are, um, what, what the fuck title did I just say? Well, there's Fiesta Red, and there's uh, the green. What green did I just oh, say? I don't, uh, are we this fucking stoned? Seafoam green? Jesus Christ. But those are some of the like classic Fender colors that right. people look for to identify that they're actually vintage. And right. um, But the base sixes were not like that. And um, so, uh, but yeah, so I just wanted that as like a piece of history and it's real cool. I played it on the songs, the pickups. I got the guitar, I got the bass the day before. I got it the day before. And even this reissue, these are discontinued. You can't even get these. Like this, this model, especially white and there's like an extra switch on there that you can't see a strangle switch not all that useful but uh, it cuts the lows cuts the low on a bass it's if you want to plug it into a guitar amp which is fun but um like that feature and the white 
that has been discontinued. They only also made that for like six years as a squire. <laughs> and um, they don't make them regularly. Recently, the Chicago Music Exchange, and this is how I found out they existed, the Chicago Music Exchange, which is one of the most famous guitar dealers in America, along with Norm's Rare Guitars, and Anderton's Music in the UK, they went and had made a 100 for each store base sixes in pink by Squire. Now, even this being a Squire, mine's an old one, so this is like a nice Squire. It's a high-end Squire. It's an all-rosewood fretboard that's bougie, that's expensive. You normally wouldn't find that on Squire for you non-guitar players. And it is all pearl inlays, which is also expensive, and is double-bound neck, which means it has bindings on both sides of the neck, which is also expensive and makes refrets more of a bitch. So my point is there are high-end features. Squire, if you don't know, is the cheap Fender company. Like you got Anderson Windows and then you got like their their cheap other company. I know Squire because yeah. I know uh, Colin had a Squire. It was was his first bass was a Squire. Yeah, it was probably a Squire J or P. Something all like Squire models. Blue. I remember that. All Squire models are the same names as Fender. Originally, they had a guitar named the S Squire that became the Telecaster. I have one of those. They changed the name, but um, they then put out like a cheap line that's made in like usually China, sometimes Mexico. And that's the Squire brand. So, like, you have a Fender strap, proper Fender, you know, $1,100 for a cheap one. That's a Fender strap. But you could also get a Squire strap for as cheap as $100 and as expensive as, like, $1,500. And my point is this would be more of a high-end Squire. And it, they were smart to make them as Squires because the reason behind it was if this was a Fender, it would be $1,200. And like I've said, it's not all that useful. People don't want to pay $1,200. You give me a high-end Squire that when this was out, <clears throat> it was 500 I got it for like 7 Now it sells for like 8 already. Prices are up right now. But so it's like that. You can get that. You know you're not going to use this every day. If you're a musician, yeah, I'll throw $800 away on this rare, weird thing. I ain't throwing 1200 away on it. I'm damn near not throwing 12000 on an actual 60s. I mean, if I had the cash, I would. But my point is they're smart to make it with the cheaper brand name because right. it is oddball. And it's like, ah, I'll try it. It's cool. <laughs> right. Like, let me see what that is. Ah, you know what I mean? So I think yeah. it was smart to release it as a squire. So I have a Telecaster, which is the first solid body electric guitar. It was called other things we'll get we don't have to go down that rabbit hole but i'm missing a p bass which is the first ever p i have a j which are my favorites i have the bass six of guitars over i there. have the bass six we're talking basses i have the bass six i have the black stingray five the stingray five is also a lot of people don't realize this fender so Fender thought he was going to die. He sells the company to CVS. All the crazy expensive Fenders are pre-CVS CBS Fender before he sold the company. Right. For 10 years, he this is what made guitars famous, this deal. For 10 years, he signed a contract that he couldn't compete. He thought he was going to die anyway, but he ended up living for mad long, like another 35 years. Right. And 10 years go by, he's like, eh, well, I guess I'll go back to work. And he gets with... 
Ernie Ball, which is the company that makes Stingray, the man, Ernie Ball, and right. he designs the Stingray base, which for gear nerds is the first active base. It was the first time they put a battery in something. It was the next step in evolution. It got us from, you know, Homo erectus to Homo sapien. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay. So... He did that, and that's a big step in bass history, and that is Leo Fender, even though it's under the Ernie Ball music man, Sterling name, all family members. Uh, even though it's under that name, it was designed by Leo Fender. They have a falling out. He only works for the company for five years. He re-revolutionizes bass. That's right, re revolutionizes bass because he revolutionizes it by putting frets, frets on it. Frets on and it, then right. he re-revolutionizes it by making it active electronics with the battery. Gotcha. So then, after that, his right-hand man back in the old days in Fullerton, California, was a man, George Fullerton. They start the company G&L, George and Leo. Now, a lot of their instruments look like Fenders. <laughs> they get in trouble for that. They get knocked for that. They get sued for that. <laughs> they have to worry about what they call them. This is why now you can't say, like, Strat. Stratocaster, that's a registered name. So these companies like Ibanez that and like Jackson, well, Jackson's now owned by Fender, but back in the day before it was, they would make guitars that look like Strats, but they would get sued if they called them Strats. So you hear the term S-style. That means S Strat. Okay. Strat. Gotcha. You hear the term T-style. That means this is a Telecaster, but we can't say that because Fender will sue us. <laughs> so then they say T-style. That's where all that comes from. So they go down that rabbit hole, G&L. See, in my opinion, they're super bougie. They're hard to find. They're very expensive. Anyone I know who owned one swears by them. And one person jumped in my comments and said the exact opposite, but most people swear by them. And um, I feel like... You know, you hear about quarterbacks, and Phil Simms is quoted as saying when he was retiring, like, it sucks that I have to retire because I'm the best quarterback I've ever been. Like, my body's going out, but my mind is the best quarterback I've ever been. I right. know how to read defenses. I know every. I know what they're going to do, right. but my body's given up on me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's like this, when GNL was happening – Leo Fender didn't have to worry about his body giving out on him. He just had all that experience. So right. I feel like being that G&Ls were being designed in the 90s by Fender, you know what I mean? That's when he was at his most experience. That's when he was the most skilled craftsman. And I just want a piece of everything, even if it's not vintage. I mean, you right. can't really get a vintage G&L. The company's not old enough to have vintage yet, to be honest. If it's from <clears> the 90s, no. Yeah, I, I, I got to see when they actually came out. I don't think they came out in the 80s. I'm pretty sure they came out in yeah, the, you said like the, the 90s. Like, I'm you? pretty sure. Don't quote me on that. I'll look it up when we get a second. But yeah, so it's like I want one of all of them. So I was I got going you. down looking at this like olive green I get the idea jazz of just base. wanting shit. Yes, I know. Oh, I could masturbate to it all. But yeah, I hope you guys <laughs> enjoying it. If you guys are listening live, we did a big Sex Pistols Sid Vicious thing in the beginning of the show. We've been talking about uh, the loss of Rob and promoting the show Mark 
March 26th. That is uh, in his memory. Flyers all over Facebook. It is in Scranton. The door being donated to his family. We will have 25 shirts of his artwork with uh, half of it being donated to his family. And we will have some stickers and pins with his artwork as well. You guys can also uh, pre-order the record and you can buy a shirt that would be mailed to you later, the same shirt. Uh, it'll be mailed to you later, though. It's separate. You know what I mean? These 25 are hard copy that we have now. Right. Those other shirts are being pressed later. You know what I mean? Gotcha. These 25 are for this show. But that'll be up there at that link. But uh, talking about one-sided, another show we can talk about. We got a lot booked. Can't talk about a lot of them, though. We are doing a Circle Jerks after party. So the Circle Jerks coming off Philly. It is at... Uh, April the, the, 9th. Yeah, April 9th at the Living Arts Center or, or uh, the, the, the Art Living Center. It, was, it wasn't Living Arts. It was the Art Living Center or something. I don't know. My dyslexic ass. But Philadelphia. Some, something in Philly. Art, the, 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 the Living some, Arts Theater? Living some, Arts Theater. That's what it was. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Theater of the Living Arts. Theater of was? the Living Arts. Yes. Okay. April 9th. Circle Jerks. Keith Morris going to be out there with his dirty ass dreads. Looking all cool, though. All three foot nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I read his memoirs, too. That shit was fucking crazy. Yo, Mike Ness is a madman. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we are playing an after party April 9th. Um... I don't have the flyer in front of me, but it's somewhere by the venue. And we're going to be uh, playing with Billy Batta and the Made Men. They're coming up from Atlanta, Georgia. They are a bunch of teenagers who kick fucking ass. They go on. Uh, they, I, I've seen them a couple times now. They seem to do a fair amount of touring. They were at uh, 40 Fest. They played uh, with Blanks at the last 240 Fest. I have them in. Er, they played with Blanks at the. Fir- I don't know. I've seen them a couple times, and they play. <laughs> festivals and go on tour and uh, i have a video of them playing in florida on stage with blanks it's actually blanks is set but they got the three kids up there singing party train with them the youngest one is the drummer and he is a god damn beast they're all over social media look up billy bats and the made men like i said we're opening for them april 9th at the circle jerks after party you could buy our next seven inch with the description we are going to get to a little side project me and sean have here i was talking to joe today okay he's trying to make up some more one inch pins the only thing that sucks is that rob's logo like the detail a little busy for the one inch pin he's having a problem shrinking it down so i have the bigger ones and it looks fine so he's seeing if he can get them because he makes them himself, like I ordered right. these a while ago. Right. He's seeing if he can make them look good. So we'll get some inch ones, and maybe we'll be able to just toss them or something. I don't know, toss them out for free. I don't know. But uh, we're going to get to the spiky tops with oh, Joe shit. from the Unsubs on vocals, myself on bass and rhythm, Renee on lead, Sean on drums. We're covering the exploited here, people, having some fun in the studio. Here's the spiky tops.
Justice Legs and Rock and Roll. That was the Spiky Tops on Pogo City Radio. Pogo City Radio. Yes, uh, Joe actually making a video. Of he only us. showed us a clip. It looked real good, like an actual of music us in video. The studio. I can't, of us I in the studio. I can't wait to see that shit. Now, is he putting it in Pogo in the Pit too? I think I he think is. I think he is, yeah. All right. Well, one side is in Pogo in the Pit too, so that's pretty cool. And uh, I think I have an interview in there. Yeah, I definitely do. And the stabs are in there. And the spiky tops. So uh, it's going to be a fun one. That's for sure. We definitely got a heavy part in this one. But uh, say what's up to Joe. He'll be out at uh, Rob's memorial on the 26th. But we got some fun shit that I can't tell you about coming up. God damn, I'm losing my voice. At least it came back. Oh, that shit was fucked up. Remember, dude, when I was screaming for oh like my two God, weeks yeah. straight? Dude. When I was just <laughs> screaming for a week straight. And people would call me on the phone and I'd be like, yeah, what's up? And they're like, oh my God, your voice. You've been yelling. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't want to get back into it. And then they ask one question and then I'm yelling full force for 45 minutes after I just said I don't want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I think oh. I might have been one of those people. Yeah, I think you were too. <laughs> but <laughs> my condolences. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we had some other stuff. Let's see. We played the Parasitics. We played the Cribs. We played Terrorist Attack. Oh, you know what? Let's see if we can bring up our friends from Buffalo. So why don't you tell them about our friends from Buffalo? Do you know who I'm talking about? Okay, the Ward Lovers, Jamie. They are not from Buffalo. Where are they from? Then? Syracuse. Oh, yeah, they, they book shows in Buffalo. That's why you threw me off, man. You yeah. threw me off. Don't they ask book, me about Buffalo. I don't know they, who the hell's They book from Buffalo. shows in uh, wherever the fuck I just said. They book shows in uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, but they're always trying to get us out there. Fucking Jamie. They, he's the man, his wife. I, I, I don't know. Tau. I think that's how you I say. I know. It, yeah. I've met her several times, but like it's an it's an Asian name, and I I'm I I'm a dumb American. Ta- I don't know how to Tao. say it. You know what I mean, I believe it's I think, Tao. I believe it's Tao. But um, yeah. So uh, Jamie and Tao. But uh, yeah, they're they're always inviting us out there, and dude, the dates never ever 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 work. Like they never. It's not it even sucks, for the man. same reason. Like he'll be like, I got three dates in this month, and my band can't do any of them. And they'll be like, he'll hit me up like three months later. He'll be like, I got three dates in that month. And my band came. I'm like, motherfucker. And we scheduled one and COVID canceled it. But fucking love them guys. A pretty far travel for them. But we get to see them at some of the shows. So they had a new release come out last month. And uh, I'm trying to see if I can bring it up here. It's called Charged, Charged City in Nowhere. I can speak. English, motherfucker. <laughs> do you speak it? And uh, no. since we had that virus destroy our goddamn show let's see if we can hear the track the virus by the war lovers up next
All right, that was the War Lovers right there coming out of Syracuse, not Buffalo. Go give them a follow on Bandcamp and uh, go look for them on the social media. Speaking of social media, make sure you follow at Pogo City Radio and for the love of God, share and like and subscribe and all that algorithm shit. Do it. Yeah, we need it. You say you want to support and you always complain that things cost money and everything should be free. Well, Well, like and shares are, so hook a brother up. Well, yeah. Comments. Those things are cool, too. Yeah, subscribe. Please subscribe to YouTube. I actually put on the Stabs page. Now it's going to be bumped down because of this video that I accidentally posted there, but whatever. Uh, posted to the Stabs page today. It's the, uh, what is it, two years since we are the punks this week? Last yeah, week? Yeah, uh, fucking, like the other day, yeah. Yeah, yeah, two Earlier years. this week, yeah. But uh, posted it on the site, the video of the Stabs. Actually, has great sound quality. It was all recorded on, like, mostly Casey, Tim's little sister, Casey Fi's fucking cell phone and it really? literally it sounds good, dude. It sounds like it's in the board. Like That's she awesome. was she was just standing like because there was a lot of people there. She's just standing like four rows back, maybe three, four rows back, and like in the dead center, and it's like that sweet spot for the PA. Like she's just back far enough right. in the middle. And it was a good, it was respectable street in uh, West Palm West Beach. West Palm Beach. Yeah. And uh, yeah, good sound system, I guess. But yeah, please go to Pogo City Radio's YouTube. Or um, go to the Stabs Facebook at the S-D-A-B-S, Sex, Drugs, and Alcohol Band, Mike Blanks and the Stabs. Also on Spotify with two fucking pages, because I still can't get that shit fixed. And I've tried. Believe me, I've tried. For hours, I have tried. But uh, yes, yes, because it's a double problem. Not only is there two Stabs pages, because there's two Stabs pages, I don't have a spiky top page. You know what I mean? Right. Because I'm out of pages. I can only have five Spotify pages. Yeah. Now, now, because we have two stabs. It's taking up this. Yeah, it's yeah, taking it's up the spiky tops page. What the fuck? I can't do the spiky tops. Son of a bitch. But go follow the stabs and go on our YouTube and look for the little montage video. And while I'm doing all this fucking talking, why don't we play one of the live recordings? And uh, so we don't get tagged as much then, too. But, uh, yeah, let's get to one of the live recordings. Uh, We're going to get to Mike Blanks and the Stabs. Sean, talk about when you first came across the Stabs. Uh, Well, I was in high school with Andrew, and I remember him playing it in his car as we were driving around doing our our everywhere fucking teenage bullshit. I remember the first time TJ Blanks, Tim, was in my house, and I said, Tim, we're going to play Permanent Binge, and I hope you know this song wrecked my life. (laughs) 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 So uh, why don't we play some Permanent Binge? Here's the Stabs Live from 2019, and uh, this is Mike on vocals, Tim on lead, Chad on drums, Brock on guitar, and yours truly on bass with a mouthful, Permanent Binge.
I forgot none. I forgot to mute my microphone. Mike Blanks and the Sex, Drugs, and Alcohol Band. As I said, look for us on Facebook at the SDABS. Find us on uh, Spotify as well. Got the original studio album up on there as well. The SOS Records release but go check out that what live that, like, album oh, too two? oh three no like oh three yeah 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 that's what it was and uh yeah great album loved it loved it right loved while me it. and andrew were in high school that's when we started yeah, listening it, was, to that it broke our cherry blank 77 was broken up when we were getting into them they had like just broken up pretty much right. when we started getting into them and the short the stabs came shortly thereafter and i did not know up until you know uh, I would say the last like six years that uh, Renee had her own band, just like the Stabs, and uh, they were called Dean Dean and, and the, the Sex, Sex Machines. Machines. And uh, Dean Dean wasn't even really in the band; he just would introduce the band, and uh, <laughs> they were. You'd say, "I'm Dean Dean, and these are my Sex Machines." And Renee recruited her friend Jody to sing and Jody now sings in the Ramams. Everybody from Philly and Jersey knows uh, Jody. So I'm uh, typing in Dean Dean and the Sex Machines because the other week I was cleaning one of my guitars and I heard um, this song and I was like, who the fuck is this? I was like, this is kick-ass and the song ended and I had to go run over and like hit back. And, and literally sure be like, saw it, right? who was this song? And right. sure enough, it was, it was Dean, Dean, Dean and, and the Sex, sex Machines. Machine. That's a good story, Salt man. Lake City. Here they are up next on Pogo City. <laughs>
Dean Dean and the Sex Machines. Yeah, so that was uh, Renee's blanks. Renee's blanks. <laughs> that was, that Renee's was Renee's band. version of the stabs. That was yeah, Renee's version of the stabs. <laughs> that was uh, Renee's project while Blanks was on their little We don't like you era. But uh, <laughs> we don't like each other. <laughs> Yes, but uh, yeah, Dean Dean and the Sex Machines, real happy that Atomic Radio, pretty kick-ass uh, channel on YouTube, I don't know them or nothing, but they got mad good songs and bands that are hard to find on their channel, definitely give Atomic Radio 77 a follow, along with Pogo City Radio, of course, now uh, I think we got one more song for you before we get out of here. But um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Live listeners, we did our Sid Vicious thing in the beginning. Hope you enjoyed it and uh, let us know in the comments what you think would have happened with Sid. We appreciate the comments. We did get a bunch about uh, Sid and Nancy. I, I like this one here from Matt. He says uh, he feels the same about Sid being in New York and uh, now he really wants to watch Sid and Nancy and uh, he doesn't want to hear that voice though. <laughs> I sound perfect, dude. I sound just like her. Sydney! That's exact. The whole fucking movie is just her. Sydney! I don't, I don't know if I want to watch the movie. But uh, yeah, he said, or maybe go read a book because then he doesn't have to hear that. Sydney! But uh, yeah, he says, uh, and he also feels the same about Pam and Tommy. <laughs> um, Yes, he said uh, this song reminds me of Common Enemy. I don't know what song I was playing at the time. So a little late for that one, but we appreciate the support. We got uh, the dude, Mark, who posted up the Terroristic Threat song. I hope he got to catch it. Mark, if you missed the Terroristic Threat song, we played it second. Go check out the podcast. I will send you the link. And uh, for all you other bands out there, especially as you're as, if you're as kick-ass as Terroristic Threat with a K, uh, definitely send us your track that worked out pretty well I would recommend that post it to Pogo City Radio's timeline because my email address has recently changed now it's pogocityradio at gmail I guess you can email me I might see it I don't mean to be bougie but I just mean you're a dick I just mean I don't use email all that much right. but you can try emailing me at pogocityradio at gmail.com but definitely if you got a track and you can post it to our timeline that's what Terroristic Threat did it played fine and it was fucking kick ass go to our timeline timeline, and you guys can go like it you can share it you can hear it maybe you can find more and mark dude give us some more info about the band because they're not even posting it from the band's page he's posting it from his own page but uh go check it out terroristic threat and uh yeah get your band played on here if it's punk rock all we ask is that once the show's ready you give it a share you say you are on it and you know it's fucking kick ass you know i'm not supposed to say that part but i'm andrew so i say that part so <laughs> Yes, uh, but yeah, we got some comments. GNL what's starting your, in the eighties. Well, even if GNL did start in the eighties, it would have been pretty late eighties and vintage. I guess vintage would now be two thousand and two. That's thirty years. Is vintage thirty or is it thirty-five? I'm not sure. When did GNL Guitar Company come out? God damn, love the internet. Let those <laughs> boomers talk shit. <laughs> 
Here is information from Wikipedia. 79? Jesus Christ, I was wrong. Wow. Yeah, 79 with GNL. And uh, yeah, Leo Fender and George Fullerton, Fullerton, California. I had everything else right, but I was doing that off the top of my head. But uh, yes, yes, Leo did die in the 90s. But yeah, GNL starting out in 79, so you can get some vintage ones, and I bet they're expensive as Fuck, but uh, the one-sided song, yes, he thinks the one-sided song, we appreciate the one-sided love, everyone, please go pre-order the album, I saw that someone was, we appreciate it, we've had some sales jump up, really appreciate that, I stopped promoting the record because like the the press is months behind, like it, they are months behind behind they are like two and a half months behind yeah so like the record is there but like i was like i feel bad people are like where's the record i'm like uh well now if you guys want to pre-order it you got stickers and pins we don't have a release date yet it's on the plate like it's the place has it they're making the masters you know what i mean so uh it's coming but uh it might be a little bit couple more months hopefully i spoke to our uh our, our representative, and she said she's going to talk to the engineer and try and get us moved on to the plate this week. I doubt it happened, but uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, okay, we have one-sided, and oh, look, there's a new Green Day record. <laughs> 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 Not too many places in this country where you can get a final record made, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, if you guys want a pre-order, we'll send you some goodies, and you can also get the shirts at a discount. We will be selling the shirts early at Rocks Memorial, March 26th. Please come out, show support. We'll be donating to the family. The shirt money, uh, half of it's going to the family. We'll have stickers and pins. And, uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago, also, while we were talking about Dean Dean and the Sex Machines, if you guys go back a couple episodes ago, you can hear Renee talk about it a bunch more. Got a member of the Bristles in there, do the whole little history recap of it all. But, uh, yeah, we've changed up the content recently, if you haven't noticed. Uh, We've been getting some love, and I like it. So uh, let us know what else you guys think, because apparently people liking the new themed content, and I am liking the comments where people are going back and forth. I'm getting emails, because, you know, the live show is not what this is about. We don't have the right gear to be, like, live and sound good, but the podcast is fine. The live is just, like, a bonus, you know, on Facebook. The podcast sounds good, and a lot more people listen there, so we get a lot more comments on the podcast pages. And people are messaging us, you know, about like who they think the U.S. or the U.K. But it seems to be the common theme, even that what? Uh, I was gonna say, uh, I posted that shit to my Instagram story, and I got two replies back from it saying UK eighty two all the way. You yeah, know, the bigger influence. The bigger influence. See, I got a bunch of responses, and the majority of them actually were what I said, but then I forced all of us into a one or the other box, and we all landed on the UK. But I think the more true answer was what came up in the comments the most of, you know, the look of the UK and maybe the attitude, but the sound is American. As Renee said, when I asked and said, but bands like mine and that heavier, that harder, like, what's that? And she was like, no, America all the way. And we were like, yeah, American hardcore, duh, yeah, yeah. America all the way and that seems to be what the internet's consensus was our podcast listeners being that we get the comments later but uh, yeah they were pretty much a a big response of American music 
UK everything else, and there was some just UKs. And uh, I did see a couple, not too many Just Americas. I got to be honest, I think I only came across like three Just Americas. It was mostly the hybrid and then a couple just the UKs. You know what I mean? But I right. really only saw like three, I think, of like, oh, it was America all the way. Right. U.S. flag. Like, no, 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 like a couple right. comments like that. Gotcha. But uh, yeah. Speaking of U.S., we're going to head out to L.A. and uh, Pogo City support in the old-fashioned way. Throwing some coin Monster Squad's way. You guys can throw some coin Pogo City's way. There is a PayPal link in the description to the uh, Voice of Bedlam the LLC. The description. The description. The Voice of Bedlam. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you guys can donate to Pogo City Radio in that uh, PayPal description. But we bought the Monster Squad Limited. I don't know, what was there, 200 or 150, I don't fucking remember, a limited amount of tapes, they were real cool, they're uncolored, I have mine over there, I think it's purple, and I came with uh, this awesome patch that I like a bunch right here, this I Heart Punk Rock patch, I mean, I'd like it if it was a little bit bigger, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, that's the cover of the album, and uh, I got the tape, it's a limited release, it came with a, uh, stickers and pins, love all that shit, but what it is, it's really, you know, a group of friends getting back together, because it was the anniversary, <clears throat> they're like a 25th anniversary, and they got the original lineup back together to do some old songs. And they have the new band members there too. And they're all, it was recorded in like people's living rooms and on computers and all put together. Kind of like we were going to do the Shaken and Stirred record. And we right. still might have to do some tracks like that. And they put it all together as just like a fun thing for the anniversary. It was a limited thing. I'm not a big tape guy. It was too good of a deal. I love Monster Squad. When I was in school, Strength Through Pain, I thought that album was oh, like a Pinnacle punk rock album. I've like compared it in my mind to like um, Punk's Not Dead, The Exploit It, and like so. I'm really happy to see Mon Monster Squad still kicking, and uh, I wanted to go show some support. And lucky for you guys, we can play the tape on here now, and we're going to. We're gonna leave you guys with it before you do. Reminding you one more time, head over to that YouTube. Please subscribe, give us a like, give us a share on the podcast. Comment what you think would have happened if Sid didn't die or go to prison. And, uh, yeah, tell your motherfucking friends and uh, send us some tracks. I think I played all the listener tracks tonight. We had, like, three. So, uh, yeah, people, hope you enjoyed the show. Monster Squad put out strength through pain on Charge Records. This was a little D-I-Y release. Here's the track. I love punk. Monster Squad. See you guys next week.
Party's over.